one thing that baffled me was seeing Kwai at the post game. Mm-hmm. He's exactly like I expected. <laughs> like, exactly. Welcome back to the Knockout Round. I'm Sarah Ko, the host of this podcast and one of the editors at Annenberg Media Sports. We get a lot of questions on what it's like being a student journalist at a D1 school like USC. Well, we've got some answers for you. Today, Christian Hunter and I will give you the inside look of what being a student journalist really means. So on Tuesday, October 29th, the NCAA Board of Governors unanimously voted to allow athletes to benefit from their use of their name, image, and likeness. But, you know, we like we talked about this before. We kind of knew it was going to happen, especially with the passing of the Fair Play Act. And what actually kind of frustrates me is that we reported on this in the beginning. Obviously, like no one's going to pay attention to us just because we're student journalists. A lot of the news that even we report still goes viral. Like, you know, we broke the Lynn Swan resigning story. Sports Illustrated actually copied one of our tweets word for word and didn't give us credit. Really? Yeah. That's so disappointing. I wrote an article about it. I made a social video about it. I covered the whole California Senate Bill 206 thing a bunch. Mm-hmm. Even if we're not getting the same sort of views as Sports Illustrated, it still feels good to kind of produce that work and right. know that even if it's a little, some people are still looking at it, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting that like these big outlets are looking at our stuff. I guess the general public doesn't because we don't have that reach. Yeah, and in a sense, that's validating too because if an ESPN or um, any any big publication is looking at us for the news, that's cool, but at the same time, we should get some sort of credit for it. Yeah, for uh, yeah. sure. There's like no excuse for not crediting Sam or whoever Michael, wrote that. Yeah, tweet. both of them. Or Michael. Yeah. yeah. And like what's interesting is that we actually have a really big international support. My column for Jeremy Lin just blew up in different parts of Asia. Like I got emails from Singapore, from Malaysia, even like from Australia, which is so random. Faith has a column on figure skating and she has like an official fan page in Japan. (laughs) All her stories are (laughs) going viral. Yeah, like everything is like (laughs) check out her like weekly column. Like this week she wrote about Yuzuru Hanyu and just posted a few hours ago and it's already popping off. Oh my god, I love that support. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, we need that. Like as student journalists, you know, we don't have the same kind of platform, but like Whenever you get love like that, it means so much. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's the same way we were talking about validation. If people are choosing to come to us over a Bleacher Report or any major sports outlet, then that says a lot about our work and could eventually propel us to one of those major networks. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Exactly. Like, we're, we're studying to be the best journalists that we can, but... Mm-hmm. You know, like, eventually we want to be at those huge publications and stuff. So, you know, if we can have a bridge to those places, you know, we'll take it. Facts. Yeah, and we actually do get a lot of opportunities like that. Even, like, through our classes. I know both of you guys went to the most recent Lakers game, got to go to the press conference. That's pretty amazing, especially as undergrad and graduate students. Most people don't get those chances. Yeah, it's cool. It's like almost getting a surprise out of it i guess i remember you and i chris we went to the clippers game a few days ago and we each got to ask doc a question my heart was literally beating out my chest yeah no same like i was i was so scared of stuttering but we're in in same stuttering voice cracking all of it and so to be able to be 
in positions like that this young, it's cool to be able to, um, when we are in those positions, God willing, later on, we're not over here about to have a heart attack because, ah, like, I hope my voice doesn't crack or I hope I don't stutter. Um, So it's cool to get practical, real-life experience in those fields. Yeah, no, especially here at Annenberg. I feel like we get a lot of that. We ask these questions, and we didn't know it at the time. We were on live TV. We were on Fox Sports 1. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember getting a Snapchat from my sister where she, like, heard my voice on live TV, (laughs) and I was like, whoa, that's so weird. Like, I wasn't even expecting that. But, yeah, it's getting us started early, you know? And, like, I have a lot of friends who go to different schools, like, different journalism schools, and... They'll be like, oh, like, how'd you do that? Like, what's next for you? And it's just like, oh, like, we just started. Exactly. Yeah. For me, coming from LMU, just graduated in May, we didn't have these opportunities. And it's a developing journalism program at LMU. So, of course, there's not going to be the opportunities and connections that are at SC, but it's almost night and day between the things we can do, the connections that we do have here, and an up-and-coming journalism school like that. So this is really proven to be the best journalism school in the in the country and probably world, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think a huge part of that is our professors here. Mm-hmm. They come from the top publications like uh, LA Times, like Fox, ESPN, and all of them are so willing and open to give us these experiences. Because right. like, literally without them, I don't think we would be the top journalists in communication school. There are so many opportunities that just working with Annenberg Media can give you. Like, I'm a sophomore, right? But I went to the FIBA World Cup and the LA Times. And then I've done things with Nike because of Annenberg. Hopefully, I'll be able to cover an NBA game, but we're working on that. But it's just, like, so cool that we get to sit with professionals and work with them and then get to know them at games, too. I was at the Pac-12 tournament last year. And I met Richard Jefferson, and he was, like, the coolest person ever. He yeah. honestly, like, like, seems like the coolest person yeah, ever. That's so not surprising. Yeah, he was so chill. Like, yeah. I think I talked to him for, like, 30 minutes. And he was just the nicest person I've ever met. Funny story about him. Yeah. There's an improv club at LMU. And apparently he does improv. And really? To, yeah, an improv class <laughs> oh with my one God. of the students. I was doing it that night. And last year he ended up coming. And honestly, too, a lot of people at LMU, I don't think, knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But he sat through an entire improv show oh and was just a normal dude in there having a good time, laughing. That's all so of it. cool. Yeah. So he's he's super down to earth. He's been to a couple USC games. Yeah, right? I mean, I've seen Rob Palenka at a couple USC yeah. basketball games. Oh, my games. God. I was, okay, I was shooting and I was just sitting there and I was, like, taking pictures. And I look over and I just see Rob and I was like, the Lakers are playing tonight. Like, what are you doing here? And then I had, like, a five-minute conversation before he dipped to go to the game. Was that the Oregon-USC yeah, game Yeah, it was. Semester? Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one that I went to. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, that's where I saw him. It was him. crazy. And I was like, yeah, I was like, why is he here? And, like, he yeah. left at, like, half, and I then, think. Yeah, and then I watched, like, I was pulling up the live stream, and they did a close-up on him, and I was like, when did he get there? Like, yeah, at Staples. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. We don't, like, come here to learn, like, math and, you know, coding and all this. Like, yeah, like, it's going to be useful and whatnot. No, like, anthropology. (laughs) We're here for the hands-on experience. And and I think that's what kind of separates USC Annenberg from, like, a lot of other schools is that they really give you that hands-on experience. 
I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a professor like Mickey and to have her like give us the opportunities of going to the Lakers game, going to the Clippers game. But seriously, like yesterday, sitting in that Lakers locker room asking Dwight Howard a that's question. That's so cool. I, I mean, like that's exactly prior to me coming here. That's exactly what I told people I wanted to do. And I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Like not many schools teach you in that way, but I think it's the most effective way of teaching. What still frustrates me is that even though we're reporting on professional sports or even just college sports that professional outlets go to specifically, we still get undermined just because we're labeled as students. There have been so many times where people have thought that I made my own badge to sneak in. And I'm like, why would I make my own badge to sneak in? It just doesn't make sense, especially because, I mean, I look so young that (laughs) everyone just assumes that I'm there just to not pay for a ticket. Yeah, look, I I get the same problem too. I look really young, you know, and there's always like a raised eyebrow or something when I flash my credentials, but that's the thing is like ah these are legit credentials like I'm here because I'm trying to be a journalist and honestly like when you talk around with the people like the other journalists around like they're always willing to help and at least in my experience um and it's nice to kind of have that support especially when these are going to be like our future co-workers you know Yeah. yeah that's that's a really cool thing too to be able to be in a room I know uh Yovan Buha is somebody who writes for The Athletic and covers the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And he came and spoke for Jeff Fellinger's 350 class, the oh, yeah. intro to sports media. And he, I actually saw him the other night when we were at the Clippers game. And uh-huh. that that's a prime example of, Chris, how you were talking about these people are future co-workers and uh, peers, basically. So that's really cool to be in that position at this age. Yeah, you know, like we have to build our foundation of like people that we're going to connect with because you never know which company you're going to work for or what, like who will be your future co-workers and whatnot. So it's really nice when, you know, we may not know them now, but when we get that sort of support, it, it's it's super comforting because we're so young, like stepping into this field. And I honestly don't think that most of those journalists even have experience talking to college kids. They're just not used to seeing that. That's also partially reason why student journalists get so low-key like bashed, you know, because they feel like we don't know what we're talking about. And we don't just work a regular nine to five. We're working from 8 a.m. to like 2 a.m. because we're working on stories to get published, podcasts to be produced, video segments, TV shows, and we're doing so much hands-on work that I'm learning so much more doing this work than I am like even in my classes. Yeah, there's only so much that we can retain from a textbook and stuff when it with regards to journalism. Like, yes, we can get the technicalities correct, but I mean, nothing's going to teach you how to actually compose yourself when you're asking a professional player or a head coach a question you know like oh for sure no like, you know you need to get used to those nerves too. yeah literally yeah. i'm still trying to get used to it right now <laughs> yeah you could even hear me like on my question to doc rivers i think i say um a couple times and i was just like like i was so happy that i was on fs1 but then at the same time i was just like wanted to pull my hair out because i was like why didn't i sound more professional or whatnot but it was See, like with that urge to be critical of yourself is what i think is going to help you get to where you want to be because that's that's a great thing too because i think a lot of people would have looked at it and been like bro i'm on fs1 like check me out yeah. check me out 
but then it's almost like you're reviewing it as game tape on how to improve. So yeah, that's a that's a valuable skill to have. I mean, we're college students; we're bound to make mistakes, and mm-hmm. we just have to continue to recognize them, yeah. especially with this, because we actually have room to make mistakes right now. Like if we were to be on ESPN or something like that, you know, it's just it's cutthroat. You know, we're yeah. gone as soon as we make a critical mistake. So it's like. I actually kind of value when I'm making mistakes now because I know like, okay, like now's the time that I can actually do that and improve. Whereas in the future, there's a lot more at stake. The crazy thing is Annenberg Media was only started like five years ago. I so, did not know that. Yeah, like yeah, this I whole building, either. all those facilities just started five years ago. And I actually met the person who started Sports Scene, which is our live network show. And he was saying they didn't have any of the facilities we had. We get actually a lot of funding, which allows like a lot of the editors to travel to football games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been to three away games so far. And the experience there, like traveling with the team, going to the press box and going to a completely unfamiliar environment is also really rewarding in terms of getting that experience talking with journalists who are based in those schools actually out of all of the games i've been to only one had student journalists in the press press box oh, wow. yeah and that was the washington game they didn't have any students in the notre dame game and actually the notre dame uh staff was so strict they didn't allow any like talking among us like we couldn't just have fun it was very just monotone i was actually really surprised by that because everyone is there and it was so silent i think the funniest thing though that was the game the ref i guess just forgot what usc was and said ucla instead and like everyone in the press box started like screaming and stuff and then the overhead speakers they're like no cheering in the press box and immediately everyone just went silent as students we do this to have fun But then in a professional field, like, because they're there, like, getting paid and, like, writing articles, not that we aren't either, it was just a totally different tone. That seems like it makes for a dull, uncomfortable, not fun work environment. It was a little bit, like, I get to be on the field. I'm not in the press box as much just because I do photography. But, yeah, they were saying the whole time everyone was silent. You couldn't discuss about the outcome or anything. Everyone's just in their own zone. I feel like that's just not the right way to approach this because, like, a large part of what we do is just communicating with other people, you know, like interviewing people, sourcing people, just getting quotes, like whatever it may be. um, It's it's just basic human connection. And when you remove that from our job, it makes things weird. Again, that was the only time where it was really just everyone to themselves. But it just goes to show, I think, the different types of attitudes that students bring versus, like, professionals. But I'm still grateful to have that experience, but also just kind of realize, like, wow, that's what it is in the professional setting. Like, it's not all fun and games for anymore. Like, it's very, very serious. Definitely one of the most memorable moments for me was the first time that I ever covered anything, and that was just filming for the USC Oregon game what year were you I was it was my first semester here because I'm a transfer so it was my sophomore year okay cool I remember I was so stressed out like I didn't know where the media entrance was (laughs) and like I had to ask someone like three times 
I went through it, got on the court, couldn't find the SID, so I didn't know, like, where I could sit and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was just, like, this crazy, you know, rambling around the Galen Center so I finally found my spot, set up my camera, recorded the game, went to the post-game press conference, got a little nervous, didn't ask any questions, unfortunately. But the entire time, like, it was just this mixture of nervousness and then also pure excitement. Like, pure excitement. Yeah, it's really hard to be a journalist and be a fan at the same time. Yeah, no, seriously. And, and that's one thing that I noticed here is, like, when people talk about sports and stuff they're a lot more like they're not traditional in their fandom in the sense that they're like it's this team or die blah 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 like they all like some teams and they all have certain reasons why and stuff like that um and i think that it it helps remove like the pressure because for us we're usc students obviously like usc games are big but uh, when we just treat it like it's work and we just treat it like, oh, yeah, like we're filming this, like it's it's easier to calm down the nerves. But that also kind of takes away from the excitement, too, you know? Yeah. It, it I like keeping that healthy balance. But that was my first time ever covering anything. So that one really stood out to me because that like mixture of feelings was kind of overwhelming and in a totally good way. My first game that I got to cover was a LMU women's soccer game and I remember Ooh. my freshman year I had went to our athletic director told him I wanted to get involved doing play-by-play any way that I could and he asked if I had ever done soccer before I maybe had watched a total of 15 minutes of soccer in my entire life <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so he, he he basically said okay you can have your first game. You'll do play-by-play with another member of the team, uh, like the the broadcast team. He'll do color. But you, this will be your first experience. And I most literally went home that the night before the game that I covered and Googled soccer for dummies. I was looking up. <laughs> really? Yeah, seriously. I, I was looking up um, just a bunch of different terminology because I'm most familiar with basketball and football and had no knowledge of soccer beforehand. So I was, what, what do I say? What do I, what, uh-huh. like, how do yeah. I cover right. this? Yeah. And um, I forget the, t- it might have been San Diego, but I don't think it was because it was preseason. But um, it went really well. I was nervous. I was stumbling over my words. I had to cut like and um out of my vocab, which I'm still working on to this day. It is really yeah, I hard th- to I think avoid we all this. are. Yeah. It's hard. Very hard. And so by the end of it, I was... I felt good, but I was just super, super nervous throughout the entire game, and that or the match rather, and that was the longest ninety minutes of my life. So it, it <laughs> went really well, and from there I ended up covering uh, men's soccer, volleyball, men's basketball, women's basketball, and then I'm able to do the women's soccer team and volleyball team so far here. And it's crazy thinking about my very first match that I covered, and then being here where we before we lost to washington on sunday i believe we were number seven in the country right so yeah. that's a huge step up and it's a lot more interesting too like that's something i didn't really consider going from lmu to here it's a lot more interesting and fun to 
watch really, really good soccer. But that was my first game. I'm pretty sure I was terrible at it. And it's. I mean, it was the first game. Yeah, but it's fun seeing the progression and growth to this point. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, hey, like, cut yourself some slack because I went to the LAFC game, went to the post game press conference after they won the Community Shield. Yeah. And like, all the official reporters for these media stations, none of them knew the correct terminology like some of them oh, wanted really? to say fast break like yeah. no one no one mentioned formations no one mentioned game plan oh or God. defensive structure to bob bradley and i was like itching to ask a question but they just wouldn't hand me the mic wow that's actually so funny they were gonna say like fast break and stuff yeah wow. no seriously like people i think it that's definitely an american thing is like we don't we don't know soccer terminology here. That is true, yeah. Um, which is very unfortunate because it's it's the most popular sport in the world. You know, like yeah. as journalists, we sh- as sports journalists, mm-hmm. we should especially know soccer. Um, but the bar is set really low over here. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes to basketball and football, my God, it's so it's so hard. You know, like yeah. right, people really know, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like I need to get better at sort of asking more personal questions or more questions. It's also difficult, though, in college because the SIDs or basically their, like, PR liaisons will just stop the athlete from answering that question. Yeah. Today, literally, for a sports scene, we asked one of the football players... We asked him, like, his thoughts on the NCAA thing, and immediately the SID ran into the room, prepped him for, like, 30 seconds, and then left. Then he gave his answer. See, and I, we were like, because you can't really figure out what they're thinking. You're just going to get the SID's answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so, I get that they have to get media trained and know how to answer certain questions, but, like, we're still college students. Yeah, like, we're, still... we're the same age. They know just as much as we do. It's just another accessory that comes with college sports journalism that a lot of professional sports journalists don't have to, like, deal with. I also wonder, too, how much that hinders the athlete. Because let's say one of them or a few of them do end up going pro and they're asked a controversial question and then they're looking over their shoulder for the SID. And now you don't have an SID to tell you what to say. because they don't know what to say. When they're in the professional field... All eyes are on them. Like one thing that baffled me was seeing Kwai at the post game. Mm-hmm. He's exactly <laughs> like I expected. Like exactly, he was seemed kind of nervous, always looking down at the table, like kind of right. messing with his hands. Wow. Um, there was like someone had asked a question, and literally I I don't remember him looking up once, and then he's just like, "Can you ask the question again?" Yeah. And and I was just like. I don't know what I was expecting, but I mean, he. This is how he presents himself to the media. So, like, that's how he's going to be at a post-game press conference. And I feel like that's exactly who he is, though. And a lot of college athletes don't have that room. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how he is. Like, really? what if? What if this is just like <laughs> the personality he's presenting, like to everyone else? You know, like that's the thing. Is like. Sometimes I don't know where the line between like artificially manufactured to authenticity is between these athletes. And I feel like college athletes have the most room to become authentic, but they're not really allowed to. Especially now. Especially now. 
I think though if Kawhi was able to put that act on that man, I think we would say that. Would I don't be think Oscar. it's an act. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Sure. That, I mean, something he would deserve. Like I'm not going as far to say that it was an act, but like I feel like he's there's a certain part of his life that he closes off from the media. Right. And I think like a lot Ooh. of players do that to an extent, you know. But like him especially because he's so intriguing. Like everyone's like. What, what are you thinking? thinking? Yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, you turn LeBron's Instagram on. He's either rapping the right. latest album or talking right. about some ta- was talking about Taco Tuesday. Right. So he couldn't get the the good copy right. That was hilarious. <laughs> no, yeah, like literally, even even in the locker room, like LeBron's just head banging. He's the only one with a speaker in there playing his music, singing along to the words, all while like. People are asking Anthony Davis about dropping 40 points and 20 rebounds, you know? Yeah. Like, he, I feel like LeBron had that sort of transparency, whereas, like, I can't tell with Kawhi. And maybe that's just him. But, like, that's the thing is, like, I wish more people were transparent like LeBron, yeah. especially here in college. Like, we're all still growing as people. Would be amazing to see that growth over time, especially when it's filmed and interviewed and whatnot. But there's still that cap on it. And with that, this has been part one of what it's really like to be a student journalist at USC. To stay up to date with this podcast, follow at the co-round on Instagram. To stay updated on all USC sports news, follow at and Media Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to listen to part two of this episode series on Tuesday. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Knockout Round every Tuesday and Friday. Friday.